1998, seven young men were invited to testify to the Senate Government Affairs Committee about the state of the US government's computer network. They were members of the LOFT, a group of Internet pioneers who searched for weaknesses in computer systems and computer software. In other words, they were hackers. At around the same time, two members of the LOFT, Mudge and Weld Pond, were interviewed for an open university program called Cyber Wars. At the LOFT, there's seven unique individuals who have been called hackers, we've been called troublemakers, we've been called solution providers. It's just a bunch of kids who uh, are interested in figuring out how things work uh, in technology. So we rip them apart, find the flaws, and try and share the information we find with everybody else. Originally, the phrase hacker really came out of the old uh, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, and it was just simply to do something unique and ingenious in a novel way. Uh, any any uh, clever way of doing something was called a hack. Uh, unfortunately, a few years down the road, the media uh, labeled the phrase hacker um, as a very derogatory term to somebody who breaks into systems and causes trouble. But actual uh, vandalism or troublemaking really wasn't part of it. That was a media-adopted phrase. A lot of times um, in the hacker community, we refer to uh, things like that, such as crackers or, uh, you know, maybe pranksters or something. People who, re who use these computer systems need to know the vulnerabilities there. If, if they wait for the manufacturer to tell them, they're going to be vulnerable a lot, a lot longer. The main reason we would target a particular operating system like Microsoft NT is uh, we see that it's, it's being adopted by lots of people. We see that it's being sold as a secure solution. And whenever someone's selling a, secu a secure solution, and that's what's coming out of a marketing department, you know, our ears perk up and we say, well, is it really secure? And so we just start banging on something that's popular and being sold as secure. We just bang on it. And as soon as we start finding flaws and problems with it, that just eggs us on to keep going. And um, it's interesting to watch the, uh, the manufacturer of the software, how they react to us. Whenever we talk about uh, a flaw or vulnerability, we're not going after any individual user. We're not saying, oh, look at Citibank. They have this uh, web server set up, and if you just type in this password, you get right in. We're, we're not, a, or, you know, because there's a back door or something. We don't, we don't talk about things like that, but we might say, uh, Microsoft's web server has this flaw, and all the users who use this web server need to know about it. Yeah. So I think there's a big difference there. I mean, this is just classic in the software industry. You put it out there, and then when problems are found by your users, then you fix the problems. If no one finds it, I guess it wasn't a big problem. But with security issues, I mean, you know, that's with all, a whole class of so problems with software. But with security things, it's especially bad because as soon as that problem is found, you know, real things of real value, we're not talking about, you know, I said make it red and bold and it came out purple. We're talking about things where people's whole businesses are running on this software, and if a problem's found and something which can totally shut someone's business down, that's that's a lot of that's you know that's a lot. Yeah. Serious. Think about buying a bulletproof vest. I mean, would you would you like the company to go and say, uh, "Here's a bulletproof vest. We had a you know we we really just want to sell a bunch of them, so it might not be tested tremendously well. If somebody finds a vulnerability in it later, maybe we'll go back and fix it. But just you know, wear it and feel comfortable right now." No way. I mean, that's what they're doing with the software out on the networks. They're saying, here's our secure web server. Here's our secure electronic commerce transactions. Um, we, we really would much rather write the cheapest, uh, most cost-effective code. We don't need to have people who are security experts because that 
that costs more money than just having regular people who just churn out code left and right. Legally, in the, in the United States right now at least, the software companies can just say, oops, sorry, and that's, that's all that they're yeah, liable for. Usually when you install a software program, there's a screen that comes up, which is the license agreement, which is usually like five or six pages of legalese. And no one really reads that or understands it. They just said, okay, because they want to run the program. Well, in that agreement, it says, if this software fails for any reason, usually your only recourse is to get a refund. Mudge Weld and the other LOF members worked in a scientific way and made sure they always stayed within the law. We have probably about 50 different machines set up in here on networks. If we want to break into a system, we'll set it up locally here and attack it. There are a couple of advantages to this. One, it keeps us out of jail because we're not breaking into somebody else's systems that we don't own um, and don't legitimately have access to. And the other thing is that it's in a controlled environment. And just like any research environment, you want to be able to control everything else that's happening around it. Let's say that you wanted to look at a problem um, in one of Microsoft's web servers or one of Lotus's uh, databases. Uh, you could go and use one that's publicly available out on the network, but you don't know who else is using it or what other interactions might be affecting your tests. Uh, if you set it up internally, you control the entire environment so you know when you plug data in and you get data out, that was a direct result of your experiment. So it makes it much quicker and much easier to find the actual flaws. Once you find them in this environment, they'll work in any other environment, but you don't have to worry about the noise generated by other um, interactions. Like all the members of the loft, Mudge and Weld didn't use their real names. Well, we find that often we have to work with pseudonyms because of the type of work we do and the way that it offends certain companies. Uh, if you're a multi-million dollar or multi-billion dollar company and seven individuals here uh, cost you a couple points uh, on the stock market, uh, not out of you know, any sort of malice and not out of trying to, to profiteer on it, but basically by showing that you were, you were selling snake oil or that your product does not behave or operate the way you claimed it did. Um, we've had situations where they have expressed interest in making our lives a little more difficult. Um, with the pseudonyms, it's another layer of abstraction. It's not pre preventing people from actually finding out who we are. Uh, but it stops them from going to the companies that we work for right off the bat, especially if the companies we work for would have relationships with the organization we offended. Um, we know several organizations where people who don't operate under pseudonyms, and this is, this is all done in our spare time. This isn't done for any organization or company. But we know some people who, in their spare time, did some research, offended a couple large companies, and that company's legal team approached uh, the company that these people worked for and said, if, you know, either fire him or we're going we're gonna to sue and we'll stomp you because we're a much bigger company. You know, we don't need that, that difficulty. If they want to come after us, they come after us here because we have no money. So it's not worth it for them to sue us and that would turn us into huge martyr heroes and that would just shove the problem that we had exposed out you know, to that many more people. So they kind of leave us alone. It's uh, you know, the little Robin Hood. From the Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk forward slash use.